in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 10. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. Uh, yeah, and we are here to uh, bring you another episode of the Top 10 show here and tackle another topic. And Matt, this is a topic. We went all the way back to the beginning of our show, to the first episode of our show. And uh, we are doing the Top 10 Car Chases in movies and it's been a while since we did that one it's been such a long time since we started the show and there's been a bunch of other movies that have come out and maybe there's been some time for us to revisit some of these films and so we are doing this uh in honor of fast nine or f9 whatever you want to call it coming out uh in the theaters so that's what inspired us to go all the way back to the first episode and kind of redo our list now in Mm -hmm. retrospect all these years later (laughs) <laughs> there's right. been All quite a few movies um that uh have come out in the yes. interim that have been interesting had good car chases and it's been so long since we've done that i mean yeah yeah that was at my old house yes and uh I remember that yeah you asked if you uh could sit indian style on my couch <laughs> you know if you wanted the socks to touch it's perfectly fine. Go right ahead if that's going to make you comfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was before it got hot. That place, they just had that one little rolled up AC, so you could only turn it on for so long, and then once it got hot in there, it fucking just got hot in there. Oh, yeah. I Thankfully, remember- we didn't have to suffer through it too bad because it's not like we're in there all day. No, no, no. But I, I would go yeah. there and like my my button-down shirts and in the, in the middle of the day, be, it would be hot for sure. It would. Well, run the ac like get up early start it so it's freezing cold in there and then after two and a half hours of recording it's like yeah dude it's 101 outside (laughs) there's no ac running this is only going to last for so long you know (laughs) entropy sets in at some point yeah i mean i'm I'm discovering that here we don't have central air in the house here in san diego so we run like three fans in Mm. the separate rooms all day but at the end of the day, you can run all the fans you want. It's just circulating the hot air, and you're trying to get some level of like reduction yeah. of the heat. But uh, on Tuesday, I spent the whole day building four bookcases, and the uh, three of them are behind me here because I was wanted to switch up the look of the office a little bit and, and kind of consolidate and make a little space here. Uh, and it was fucking exhausting in the heat in the living room with all the fans still blowing on me. I was still sweating my face off building all these oh, yeah. fucking bookcases. And, you know, Ikea, it's like 7,500 screws per bookcase. And you're just like, murder, murder, murder. so it was just all of that. But uh, it, that's when I really felt the heat for the first time living down here because it does get colder at night because, of course, it's in the southern area of the country, so it gets a little bit colder. But the daytime in the middle of the day, I've discovered now for the first time ever how hot San Diego actually really is in the summer, man. So it's not L.A. It's we, even cold, hotter than L.A. Yeah, it depends on where you're at in San Diego, just like L.A. Mm. Well, think about it. If you're up in the valley. Uh, right, right. Catherine right. and I were talking about it the other day, and she she was like, 
uh, a friend of mine just bought a house up there and she's mm. like, oh, and then two or three other of my friends have houses up in the valley. Mm. And she's like, is the, should we have gotten a place in the valley? And I'm like, no, <laughs> trust me. Every one of them wishes they were in our neighborhood because just on temperature alone, it's guaranteed five to sometimes like 11 or 12 degrees warmer in the valley at all times. Oh yeah. At oh yeah. All times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just, no, they do not want to be in the valley. It's not, it's a nice area. They have yeah. nice places, but it's just that temperature degree change alone. Uh, it's brutal. I lived up there for quite a few years. Me too, man. It is. You're right. You can, you can start out in Hollywood wearing a jacket because it's slightly nippy. And when you get into the valley, you're like taking the jacket off and putting on shorts oh. within an hour or two. It's insane or how hot it gets in there. A day that's like, this is bearable. And you get up to the in the valley and you're like, what are you people living through? <laughs> this is so hot up here. I lived up there for years up yeah. in uh, Studio City and Van Nuys. Yeah. Man. It was just, you're crossing over that hill and you just feel it. Just yeah, uh, I, my first apartment did not have AC, and so it was just like in, in the valley, rather, you know. So mm-hmm. it was just like windows open all the time and door open all the time, and you're yeah. you're just sweating your nuts off, man. It's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah, it is. It's, so yeah. it's unbearable. Well, it's, <laughs> it's not unbearable, but when you know that not far away, it's completely different. Yes, consistently, it yeah. feels so far away. You're right. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, and I moved to Silver Lake originally when I moved to LA from the beach in mm. San Diego. So that was a Jesus. It gets hot here for a while. Like I had to get yeah. used to a different weather pattern. In the it's either the third or the fourth week of October every year for some reason it gets to a hundred a couple of days. Yeah, it had just gone through two three weeks of eighty two. Right. 84. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. That's as hot as it's getting. And then out of nowhere, it's like, it jumps up almost 20 degrees. It happens every year <laughs> in Los Angeles. Whereas if you live at the beach, you don't notice that shit. It's true. It's yeah. very true. Yeah. It's, it's 20 degrees over there. Or it's cooler right now, more than likely. Well, I don't know about that. It's not that hot today. But anyway, right. yeah, that's weather talk on the top. <laughs> what are you up to, man? What is, what's going on on your side of things in your world? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's a whole lot of, in essence, I mean, I've been getting out more and more and more. Oh, that's good. So that, yeah, just doing small things here and there, but Mm -hmm. it's slowly returning to normal. Businesses haven't taken down their, their masks, uh, mandate. Right. Which is fine. You know, I don't care. I've worn it for this long, but it's a little longer. Right. Uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, I tried to go to one of the games, but oh yeah, it's a little too pricey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just shit like that. But out to eat with friends, going to hang going to hang out with a buddy this week. Oh, that's good. Uh, stuff like that. Like, uh, have you been up to a tremendous amount different in the past few weeks? Not really. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, in the fact that I'm focusing more on the channel, um, for sure. I just uh, as we're recording this earlier this morning, I was on SCN Live and you know announcing that I'm stepping down from hosting two shows a week because uh, I really just want to focus more on building up the channel and. Uh, focus on reviews, focus on all those things that are happening here because I found that like the more I do other things, it's distracting me mm-hmm. from the thing I really want to focus on. So yeah, that's why I've changed the office around for the look a little bit, trying to get more interviews lined up, trying to hustle a little bit harder, you know, do more stuff like that, the Geek Buddy stuff, all that our stuff, you know, uh, Cinephile. So it's just a lot of focusing on, okay, what do I have going on? Mm-hmm. Let's just focus on that, build it up, 
and then of course uh, do more for the patreons on the outlaw nation side of things as well so those are the things that i'm kind of uh working yeah. on and creating so it and it's been building up inside of me for the last few months and a couple of things happened recently that kind of motivated me motivated me to finally kind of uh tell christian what i'm what i'm doing he was very kind to have me on today to promote it and whatever and so mm-hmm. it's just the move plus you know and I, he, they're going back into the studio, Matt. I'm not going to be driving up, you know, twice a week. Yeah, that's that makes no sense. It doesn't especially, make any sense, especially for what they were offering to pay me. It makes no sense, right? To drive yeah. up, uh, you know, because um, uh, on some level, there are days where you couldn't pay me enough. Right, right, because of the traffic. You're looking at it, or, you're like, yeah. oh, dude, I'm sitting in extra ninety minutes of traffic today. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, exactly. I had to go down to San Diego on two separate. Sundays for family stuff. My sister lives oh, down yeah. there and like family members are in town and stuff like that. And uh, you either go down the five and you're going to catch traffic at Oceanside. Every time guaranteed, it adds like 15 minutes, not too bad. But there are days when it adds an hour and you're like, yep. all right, well, I'll go down the 15. And in Sundays, they're just, there's consistent log jams at a couple of different spots. And yeah. last time the 15 was just as bad. And now I've driven out of my way to basically spend the same amount of time. Yeah, exactly. I guess I would take that because technically then I was traveling at a faster speed overall during that duration. And that would make me happier than just sitting in bumper to bumper for a short distance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. And then I've been helping uh, Lindley set up her photography. She's finally gonna, you know, kind of put this thing in motion. She's mm-hmm. very focused on, you know, being a, a food photographer. So she's going to start her business. And that's kind of what we had been planning on for the last couple of years, slowly, but surely kind of putting it together so just you know it just feels like it's the time to start putting some things in motion uh and so that's what uh i've been trying to do here and hopefully it works out hopefully it pans out and all of that so yeah that's that's basically my life and starting to go to more screenings um i just got the email last night for the black widow screening uh but i'm gonna get a link and i'm gonna watch it at the house because they're not offering any screenings in san diego you'd have to go sure You'd have to go up to L.A. and to, uh, you know, as much as I would love to go up to L.A. to see Black Widow, I just it's more convenient to watch it here. And uh, I got a big enough television. To there, make it work. Yeah, exactly. And there will be some of those if they're not having a screener by you. You're like, you know what? I am kind of willing to drive up for that one because I've been extra excited about that. Right. Right. If it right. was Suicide Squad. Yeah. You're like, like yeah, I'm going to drive up for that. Yeah. That one, because I drove up for F9 on June 1st. Uh, and did like saw a bunch of people did a, you know recorded some uh, cinephile stuff with Steve in person and Scott Mance and then did the screening so I made a day of it do you know what I'm sure. saying that that makes sense uh, and yeah Suicide Squad I definitely or James Bond yeah or yeah those or Top Gun Maverick uh, I, which I think is coming out later this year oh no maybe it's next year but either way, I would have I would drive up for the bigger ones for sure but like you know the 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 new documentary. I'm not going to drive up for that. One. Yeah. yeah. As excited as I am to see green Knight, I don't know that I would drive up for that. I would just watch it. Yeah. And I am, that one looks really intriguing to me. I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Agreed. I can, I can wait for a link on that and watch it. You know, on the TV. <laughs> exactly. The, the, the spectacle of it too. Some movies are just intended to be seen on a big screen. There's just, there's no if, ands or buts. Right. Uh, right. About it. So, um, and I'm not saying Black Widow couldn't be that if that's your jam. Right. But it certainly looks the, good. Yeah, it does. But of all the superhero movies, if I'm going to do that for one, it's going to be Suicide Squad. Yeah. That one looks the most intriguing to me. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. 
Black uh, Widow, and then the one coming in the fall. Oh yeah, Eternals. Uh, yeah. No, the the Legend of the Gold Rings or whatever. Oh oh, Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Yeah yeah. That one to me looks, eh, and so does Black Widow. <laughs> I, I wouldn't okay. drive up for either of those. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll definitely drive up for Shang Chi, but like Black Widow just doesn't seem like the one to drive up for for me. Yeah. You know. So. But, yeah, for the but first Eternals. time DCs. The, which of oh, the Eternals? Yeah, that looks stellar. Quite possibly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's cool though. You've already seen F nine. I did, yeah, yeah. And there's another screening next week, and I'm considering going to it as well, just to enjoy <laughs> it again, just to be in a theater again, man. I mean, it's it's uh, it's been nice. Uh, God love you. I was literally about to say you're gonna waste your life seeing that in the theater when once it releases, and you're like. Better than that. <laughs> I managed to get an early. Uh, it's good for you, but I'm glad you like it so much. So that's cool. Like, I'm not hating you. It's it's fantastic that you, because we've all had like a shit. 15, oh, yeah. 16 months. So to have something that you got to see in a theater and you love the living shit out of it. And now you're excited that you could go see it again. That's a great treat at the end of this tunnel. So yeah. good for you. I'm happy for you. It's a fun little, mo- it's a fun movie too. Like I, I actually like this one. The last two I've liked more than five, six, and seven. So for whatever, I'm like, I, I, it's not that fast. fast five is good. Furious six is good. And I can't remember. It's the fast. I can't remember what seven is. Furious seven, maybe. But like, I just, I've, I felt a little bit like they, they tried to take it too seriously. And mm-hmm. I think the last two films have been like, no, 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 no. We're going to stop being serious about this. It's, we're just going to have some fun here and enjoy ourselves. And so I like that they understand. Well, that they're ridiculous. My That's only question good. is how amazing were the magnets? Well, I mean, was it? <laughs> Look, it's we stuck. got magnets, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> I really hope there was little insane clown posse miracles playing on somebody's car <laughs> radio. Ma- fucking magnets. How do they work? You're like, he's just driving, <laughs> pulling and pushing cars left and right. Yeah, I can neither confirm nor bear it nor deny that that's in the movie, but Don't they, I, they put it in the trailer. Yeah, they're magnets. True. That's how I no, know. No, no, no. The magnets are in the trailer, sure, but the insane oh. clown posse. I don't know if that's whether or not. Oh, did I actually <laughs> just hit the nail on the fucking head with that? Please tell me. I'm I wrong. don't know. I don't know. I you don't know. know. Okay. Well, I don't know, but uh, I will say this: they do go into space. So get ready for that. Get ready for that. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like they go into space. You know what I mean? It's like it seems as though the way you're hinting at it, it's inadvertent or it's one character. They don't all go into space. That's my guess. Something gets launched into space and comes back. Armageddon 2. It's Armageddon 2. They're all being trained to go up into space as drillers. So (laughs) we're firing asteroids at nukes now. We just reversed the whole plot. (laughs) Um, Dom's just throwing them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just tattooed across the front of it, just says family, and that's what you're throwing. <laughs> family will protect us. Uh, uh, uh. Look at that. I don't know shit all about those movies, but I know enough to make fun of it. I think you're directing a really good one right now as Thank you're talking you. about it. I, yeah. <laughs> the first time I, I thought to do, and I'm sure I subconsciously heard, like, I heard it somewhere else, but. Uh, when I answer somebody's question, like legitimately, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> it just gave it to him as serious as I could. 
I did it once and like one buddy started laughing because he knew what I was making fun of. And the other person was like, okay. Uh, right. <laughs> sorry. I respect my life that. A quarter mile at a time. We're going to tell you. I like that philosophy. That's a very good philosophy. <laughs> uh, but all, uh, all about family. All about family. Family. <laughs> and a brother that's never been mentioned in eight previous films. <laughs> They actually make it work. I'm telling you, this is one of the reasons why I want to go because they surprised me with how they made it work. Look, I'm not saying it's a, you know, it's not fucking diehard, but if you're going to go back to a theater to watch some fun, mindless entertainment, that F9 really hits the nail on the head. So, you know, there are going to be reviews that are going to tear it apart like they always Of course. But uh, it doesn't matter because it's bulletproof true it is and it's two and a half hours it's not yeah. a short movie it's transformers it doesn't matter how bad right, i feel down. it is slow down you know damned well that the general perception of every transformers film is pretty dog shit except for the first one people do like the, the first, first one and bumblebee yeah bumblebee yeah, yeah, yeah outside of that it's like dealer's choice as to what kind of awful you're looking for in my opinion and i haven't seen last night because i've seen enough <laughs> you don't want to see anthony hopkins detail how the transformers connect to king arthur this is some great historical stuff this is teenage mutant ninja turtles where they go back in time to feudal japan (laughs) (laughs) it's like okay yeah i can't believe the premise got stretched this thin already uh but that being said they are teenage mutant ninja turtles (laughs) the secrets of the ooze turtle turtles yeah man do it um, <laughs> oh. I love that. At I least Transformers that. made it this far, although that's questionable. Well, I mean, look, in the last night, you also get a drunk uh, Stanley Tucci as Merlin. So come on. It's always great to have that's kind Stan- of fun. Stanley Tucci hamming it up the whole time uh, for sure. Yeah, playing a completely different character than he played in the previous movie, which I thought was hilarious. That's that's the moxie of the Transformers franchise. Like John Turturro, I'm sorry, uh, Stanley Tucci was cast as someone completely different in Age of Extinction. I think it's Age of Extinction. And then they bring him back, and he plays Merlin back, way back in time. And in no way is it connected to the character he played before, which is hilarious. It's a good choice. So is Turturro in this one? Mm, what, in Fast Night? In, no, 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 in uh, oh, uh, Last uh, Night. No, because they've got Hopkins, and they've got Tucci. So they're pretty much set on the serious actor column. Okay. Like when they had Francis McDormand and Torturo in the same film, you're just like, okay, we've checked off the boxes. We're good. And wasn't Malkovich in the third one? Yes. He plays the boss of... Right, LaBeouf. Yeah, LaBeouf. And he's done a deal with the Transformers and uh, Soundwave's two minions show up at his place, I believe. Well, listen to you knowing what happens in these movies. I believe... Listen, I I have seen the films. I grew up on the cartoon. I loved it as a kid. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, But I was the target demographic of we just turn this shit out and kids buy toys, and they worked. I did it for all kinds of different TV shows that were created as vehicles just to sell toys. Uh, (laughs) It worked on me because I was a dumb kid, you know, just like all kids are. That's right. Even the smartest kid is still pretty dumb. Uh, Uh yeah, I'm just looking right now at the. Uh... No, Torturo is in the in the la, in the in. Last I like night. that. Okay, then nice. you know, if they bring back all the long term staples. I'm all for Tucci yeah, yeah, coming back. Yeah, because Josh Duhamel comes back in this one. Uh, yeah, Tucci is in this one. As I said, is Merlin. 
But yeah, Gemma Chan's in this. Tony Hale is in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. I like Tony Hale. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anyone else of real note that would be considered for this. No, no, no not seeing anyone else uh, of real note there. I think that's what you get. Uh, John Goodman comes back as the voice of Hound. Watanabe is the voice of Drift. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Still not going to see it, but it's a shame. It's really not. <laughs> They got to get The Rock to be the voice of one of these Transformers, right? That seems like the natural progression if they bring the Transformer. And he was the voice, I think, in one of the animated shows, or was it the G.I. Joe show where he was a voice? No, I think it was the animated show, one of the Transformers animated shows. He was a voice in that. So, yeah. Yeah, but don't you think if they're going to bring The Rock in, then they'll make him a human that works with the Transformers and actually do like maybe not take down a Transformer, but one that could compete. So, like, oh, fuck, he's The Rock. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a good point because I was like watching uh, one of the car chases today for the show, and uh, he shatters a window, grabs a dude off a motorcycle, and slams him into a <laughs> concrete wall. And ladies and gentlemen, his arm would have been broken seven oh, different times. <laughs> well, as soon as yeah, as soon as he does that to push the dude out, the amount of muscles it would take to stabilize. As opposed to your arm just gets yanked back and torn off in the fucking window in the open cavity. But the thing is, he's so big and bulky, you fucking I buy it. You buy it. Of course you buy it. Look, I, I don't know what movie that's from. And if it makes your list, fantastic, because it sounds pretty awesome. It, it did. I was just watching. Yeah. I would believe it from him. Right. That's that's the I mean, because he's him. he's the one in Fast 8 who pushes a nuclear weapon uh, on the ice. He pushes it with his hand. He leans out from the car and pushes it with his hand to adjust its trajectory. (laughs) Finn must have been pissed about that. Had to have been. It's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. (laughs) I I can kind of understand Finn's contention if that is something that bothered him. Yeah. What about that? Well, shit. Finn's got nothing. Finn would have. uh, Look, Dom Toretto should have 700 concussions for God's sakes. The amount of times he's flown out of a car or landed on a car he should be dead or brain dead uh i thought that was the the acting choice that vin diesel had made from day one there it is as a backstory to the character <laughs> you sure that that hasn't already been in place <laughs> you said that i <laughs> saying the character seems to only have the same kind of few utterances that i've seen once again i haven't seen the full cornucopia of nine films. Right, right. So I'm not the expert on this. And I like Vin Diesel. Go watch Find Me Guilty or Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, you know, great voice for Iron Giant and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I get Yeah. We're up to the we're up to tonight. We're up to our um because we do that rewatch, uh the MCU rewatch. We're up to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. We had gotten this far, Matt. Mm. Uh what she liked so far. Her favorites so far are Ant-Man, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, sure, and um, Captain America, the first Avenger. She fucking hated Winter Soldier. Like, hated Winter Soldier. To her, anything that has a lot of action is just not her jam. Okay. But conversation or humor, then she loves it. What yeah. about, so she hasn't seen Thor Ragnarok yet? Not yet. We're getting to that. That's I think that's a couple yeah. she of She likes Guardians. Like, the trajectory she's on, she may yeah. like Doctor Strange. 
She liked. Yeah, we we just saw Doctor Strange last week. She okay. did like Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, I'll be curious as to whether or not she likes Ant Man and Wasp. Yeah, I, I am didn't. too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm a little worried uh, what her opinion is going to be on that movie. So yeah. Oof. Well, Guardians I, 2 is good. Hopefully, she enjoys that. Now that that uh, got uh, you know kind of mixed mixed reviews. So right. So that is the next one, right? And then we do Spider-Man Homecoming, then it's Ragnarok, then Black Panther. She does not want to see the Spider-Man movies, but she did like Tom Holland, so we'll see. Yeah, she's seen Civil War at this point, so. Yeah. Under ruse. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, that is what we're here to talk about, Matt. We're here to talk about our top 10 car chases in movies. That's our, our, our goal today. And it's, of course, as we said, harkens back to our first episode. So um, what do we do now? Tell them how the show works or what do we do? What do we do? Uh, yeah. What would you like to do, man? Um, we, once we set a topic, we go our individual ways. Show come back here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, I wonder if we'll have any commonality in there. So this could be an interesting show. We will. We will. Okay. I hope so. All it's right. inevitable. Um, but at 10, I know you did not put this on your list. Okay. It is a movie we have never spoken about. Wow. And, you know, I wrote down my initial list. It was, it was solid. I could have easily kept that. And then I did a Google search and I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that movie, which is short time. The Dabney <laughs> Coleman movie. Have you ever seen that? Can I tell you? It was this close to making the list. It was this close to making the list. I remember that movie with Dabney Coleman, and I watched that whole car chase scene on YouTube this morning, thinking I might put it on the list, but it didn't quite make it. But I yeah, I'm glad it's on yours. Forgot that movie existed? Yeah, of course. And I watched it because I haven't seen it since it was on cable at some point because that's how I saw it. And it's one of those things of you, I... People of roughly our generation grew up loving movies. Love Dabney Coleman. Just mm-hmm. love Dabney Coleman. So any excuse yep. I get to watch and you forget. I, I don't think to go back through his specific, you know, filmography. Perhaps I should. Yeah. But he plays a cop that gets misdiagnosed with a terminal in, illness, but he's getting ready to retire. So he realizes that his on-duty life insurance policy will pay off only yep. if he gets killed in the line of duty. So he keeps putting himself into situations. <laughs> And he's so great about it. Yeah. Like, uh, it was killing me when the the final showdown with the guy and the guy, um, I'm just going to spoil the movie because it's so fucking old. Mm. But he throws a grenade down. And he's standing there and finally dad and he's like, yes. And he rolls between his legs and goes down and falls in the middle and explodes. And, and it's uh, uh, Xander Berkeley is the villain. Oh, and yeah. he's looking down through the stairs and Dabney looks up and he's like, you missed me. Like he's genuinely <laughs> pissed off. And it's such a great delivery of comedic time. He's got a few of them. There's a nice heartfelt moment with a bomber in a convenience store. Yeah. Just if you love Dabney Coleman, it's a, uh, Terry Gar, Joe Pantoliano, uh, the guy that played Max Hedrum. Oh, Matt Frewer. Right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have not seen that thing in what, 30 years? Yeah, yeah. 25 years, and I saw it, and I was like, mm, still love Dabney Coleman. Why not? Let's put it on. It's got a good, it's got a great car cheese. It does. It, it lasts like six, seven minutes. Yeah, it's like a seven, yeah, exactly. And he's like, uh, you're going to school, Bobby. You're going to college, yeah. Bobby. <laughs> he's all like, he's so, so yeah. determined to make this happen, man. 
Oh, when when he's right behind him, and the guy pulls out an AK, and it's got the the front stand, the two little yeah. legs that pop out underneath the end of the barrel, and Dabney Coleman just double birds right at him. <laughs> Fuck you! And the guy starts piling off shots, but it's you know it looks like it's very early nineties, late eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The look of it, the styling and whatnot, but his performance it's it's a good movie overall but i i love dabney coleman so why not it's got a good car chasing we've never talked about it no no i don't think we've ever talked about it. you're absolutely right no uh but yeah good stuff and uh very fun and you know there was a time when dabney could leave movies back in the 80s and people went to see them so he was great so he's been a good villain and a funny funny guy uh to watch for sure <laughs> yeah. all he's right the best part of dragnet hands down not even close <laughs> He's the best part of Dragnet. And I don't like that movie at all, but I will watch his scenes. Oh, my God. That movie is one of my fucking guilty I know. pleasures. I, I know. love that movie. I don't get it. That movie sucks. Give me, give me, go get my Macadine. Go get my Macadine. Uh, he's, he is great. <laughs> it's just the best. He's, please go watch those parts. And I kind of <laughs> like the pagan rituals, why not the full, the the choices oh, yeah. of the sets and whatnot. Still, it's the hokey, but it still kind of works for me. People against goodness and normalcy, man. Yeah. I keep waiting for that question in the Schmodown. What does Pagan stand for in Dragnet? Boom! Uh, anyway, all right. What's your next one, brother? Uh, my nine is Drive. Uh, all right. That's a, that, was a, that was a cut right at the end. So go ahead, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the post-robbery mm. scene when they're going off, and it's just beautiful stunt driving, no CGI, and it's guys... Somewhere on PCH or something, not far from here, mm-hmm. doing things in a car that I'll never do. It's really impressive when you have that's artistry, mm-hmm. uh, or you watch those videos of people that can drive like thirty miles an hour and then hit the emergency brake and perfectly parallel park between two other cars. Yeah, yeah. You see that, and you're like, how much practice did that take? That is, I want to see more. <laughs> and I've watched those, and basically, it's the tops in their field of those type of drivers obviously work on these, these films. Yeah. So, you, you know, going to see a movie for uh, a martial arts coordinator, if you really got into the driving, um, cause they don't get the opportunity as much anymore. Yeah. And Gosling pulls it off. You know, yeah. I believe that he's doing those driving scenes. They do a good, oh good job of shooting it in a somewhat realistic way. Yep. He's excellent in those movies, man. He's absolutely excellent in those movies. In that movie, rather. He's absolutely yeah. excellent in that movie. The, um, yeah. the stomp took me out of it, though. I will say that. You mean the, the fight in the elevator? Right. Or, yeah. 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 I don't want to say too much, I guess, right. if you haven't seen it. Right, right, right. I know some people that made them love it even more. And me, I was like, seemed a bit much. <laughs> But it's also got like great performances from uh, Cranston and from Albert Brooks, who's yeah. an incredible Albert villain. Great, yeah, excellent villain. And is it yeah. Carrie Mulligan is the? Yes, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, and Oscar Isaac is the dude who gets stopped. That's Oscar Isaac in the elevator. Oh shit! Is it? I didn't even... <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's one of those of that. That guy was working long before I thought he was. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, he does a really good job in that moment too. And uh, who else? Oh, Ron Perlman's in this thing, isn't he? Doesn't he play like an associate? For yeah, I think Albert so. I Brooks, think right, yeah. I think in that too as well. Yeah, um, I haven't seen this one in a while. I remember loving the soundtrack because it's a lot of retro new wave eighties. Yeah, I think so Stranger the, Things. Yeah, not as ominous. Right, right, right. Cascade. Yeah, I think Autocraft is one of the groups. I mean, that got me into going into these two YouTube sites and listening to all that music. It's fucking great. Um, 
All right. So well, then what's your nine? Oh, I mean, sorry. What's your seven? Or eight. My eight. Sorry, eight. Sorry, eight. Uh, my eight is Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's my nine. Perfect. Let's do it. It's amazing to think that they did that down at the LA River and yeah. they actually did take a big rig over an embankment and had it fall onto the ground. Like that is nuts. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, I know, I think I looked it up at one point where they actually shot that because I was thinking about potentially going to just drive down there and see, and then you get there and it's utterly disappointing just because it's a canal. So that's why I didn't do it. Yeah. It's not like you'll, there's a tuft of Eddie Furlong's hair cemented in in the corner and be like, here's the spot. We got off a lock to commemorate. Uh, so it would just look as nondescript. If you've seen the LA river, I've seen it in various different sections mm-hmm. from down here, downtown, all the way up through the Valley. Oh yeah. It's all kind of the same. There are certain parts that are different, but it's a lot of the same. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, but I mean, it's a, incredible. And them on a motorcycle chasing way to get away from it. Uh, and then the ever-present Arnold coming in behind with that sweet little 360 to recock. Oh, my gosh. Such a great little character hook. Yeah. Makes him all the more momentum. Like this Old West type of individual. <laughs> pulls it right around. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it's a quality scene. I like it. It's good stuff to re-examine because it's great performances all around from everybody. Uh, throughout that whole chase scene and the the pacing of it as they go through the whole chase scene is fantastic just fantastic and you're right that moment with the the cocking of the shotgun in a flip mode you're just like that's just brilliant brilliant stuff uh but the, but when that semi goes like through the you know they were really destroying some shit to 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 make this thing happen it wasn't cg back in oh, 92 yeah. so that's real pieces of the la river they are destroying to shoot these scenes it's incredible it's like the jump scene for the bus in speed oh yeah they cg'd out the gap but they actually jumped the bus so when you're watching it the first angle i believe it's been a while since i've seen it but yeah when they careen off they actually begin uh to pitch to the left and had wow. they landed, they would have eventually ended up on their side and obviously they cut back and it's a different take when they land and whatnot right, right. uh but to know, like, they jumped a bus. They still did it. <laughs> they jumped a bus. Yeah. There was no, the CGI was very limited. The James Bond corkscrew. That's a legitimate, that happened. Yeah. And it's Good really point. impressive that they had the balls to try it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff, man. T2. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's, a, it's an all-timer. So why not throw it on? A little T2 action. For sure. Um, okay, so then uh, that was your eight. That's my nine, but my ten is Baby Driver. Uh, that is a punt. Oh, nice. Okay, then my number eight is uh, Goldeneye. Um, okay, go for the it. car chase scene with the tank. Like, whoever thought you were gonna get a, a a car chase scene with the tank and seeing the tank do shit like you've seen, like you just mentioned, Matt hitting that parking brake and doing the turn and doing the swerve. All of it is incredibly badass. And I just think for the uniqueness of having a tank being yeah. able to navigate these navigate these European roads as they're uh, as you're getting into this car chase scene as he's trying to get back, uh, you know the uh, her, her his uh, the the girl who the woman who's got the, the knowledge and the I think she's a nuclear scientist. The same plot of every Bond film. Go yeah, ahead. right. Basically, <laughs> so, and I'm like, a fan. It's just, not of the Pierce Brosnan, but anyway, please. Right, but I like. But I think it's the most confident and most powerful he looks in all the movies. 
that he does as James Bond is this tank chase scene. There's just a look on his face. It's just like controlled joy and, and confidence and strength and determination. And all of it you know, connects to what he's doing in the tank. And so for me, that was just a stellar scene. I love the pacing and the believability they're asking you to accept that somehow this little car can't outrun this massive tank, which aren't really known for like breaking uh, speed limit records, these tanks, but it works. And uh, they do such a great job of it throughout. I, I rewatched the whole uh, scene for the show today. And I was like, this is just stellar. And I, cause the uniqueness of the tank is why I wanted to add it to my list. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough to think of anyone competing with that. It's a great scene. Mm-hmm. I, I feel I've always felt like I wish Pierce Brosnan had gotten a different set of movies because I don't like any of those. Wow, really? None of them? No. Wow. They, uh, they all, in the scope, because Bond now has existed for so long mm-hmm. that you can go back and cherry pick all kinds of different flavors. Right. And uh, yeah, it just was too cheese. It got to a point where this, I would, I would prefer to see Pierce Brosnan in something closer to Daniel Craig's. Mm, yeah i would i could see that i could see that especially now dude he's such a great looking grizzled oh, older dude Fuck, so I, good looking it's not even fair you're right if he did like a never say never again like sean connery did when he came back to do that uh-huh. one-off if he did a one-off bond yeah. i think people would lose their fucking minds to see him can we get it. a multiverse of bonds and we yeah. just bring back all the, the three living bonds <laughs> why not and have them all do it yeah, and maybe that's how you introduce the next one. That the, would be brilliant. Like almost like a, a coming out of uh, retirement to help in the mission. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And some kind of like dark night. Pierce comes back and he's the grizzled veteran. And he teaches. I would love it. Yeah. I, he's a, he looked the part unlike he is the perfect bond. He mm-hmm. genuinely is. The perfect bond. Yeah. And I don't care for the movies because I just think they're too cheese ball for me. Okay. Um, whereas the, I don't like all the Roger Moores, but there are a couple that have a soft spot in my heart and they are pure cheese. But it's because I, those were the ones I watched a lot as a kid. Right. Right. Uh, no, I get it. I yeah. get it. Absolutely. But I'll take, yeah, I'd rather have the, the current or the Timothy Daltons. I almost put the quantum of, oh. so, what was it? No. Yeah. Or Casino Royale. The, well, well, Casino Rise kind of has one. The one at the end. I almost put the one at the end. Or is that, I think that's, yeah, the one at the end of Casino Royale where he's going up the uh, the roads. I almost put the that car? one. Yeah. I yeah. almost put that one on. But then in the end, I was like, no, no, no. I like this one. I like the tank one. Yeah. No, the, of those two options, I think you made the correct one. If you're just talking about a chase, yeah, this is much more interesting. Agreed. Even if I'm uh, personally not a fan of the movie, I, I think you made the correct choice. Thank you, sir. Okay. Yeah. Well, otherwise it's got like Spectre, but nah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. The plane thing is cool, but nah, it's not quite the, it doesn't get, it. and the Skyfall doesn't really have like a great car chase scene necessarily. There's a car chase scene, but it's not like Not something. the same. Nah, nah. Yeah. Thanks. Good call. Yeah. All right. So what's your number seven? Uh, my seven is a bullet. Oh, yeah, definitely a classic. I tried to keep the classics to a minimum, so please go ahead with Bullet, man. Well, you'll have more than likely another classic that I don't. Uh, yes, yes. I had a feeling uh, that would be the way it would go. Yeah, I've never been as enamored with that film as others, but I'm in the minority, so whatever. <laughs> uh, bullet, 
If you've ever been to San Francisco, which you have and I have, and I have, numerous I, others have. Yeah, I've been to San Francisco three or four times, but I've, but I've never, you know, stayed there or anything like that for an extended period of time. Yeah. By extended period, I've been there for a handful of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple times, like a few times, like, you know, three, four days, but yeah. extended, no. But I have walked those hills, the ones that they specifically chose to have those cars fly around. And when you see it in person and then you look at those, the shots that they did this in the 1960s, it's really impressive. Yeah. Agreed. Just going full throttle on these streets that are as hilly as described in certain areas. It's ridiculous. Right. Um, it makes it really cool and unique. But then to watch the footage in the movie as they're careening down and then launching over this one hill and it's not like ferris bueller's day off where there's nowhere in chicago that i can think of that i've been to that's like that and i've been to chicago quite a few times yeah uh whereas in san francisco yeah no that's a legitimate you easily could i can think of two three areas that i've walked down where if you got enough speed you definitely could get a little airborne right here not a problem (laughs) yeah i mean good yeah um and it you know, McQueen was never my guy because I didn't grow up with him. Yeah. Like for a certain area of gentlemen, McQueen was the apex predator. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the movies that kind of makes me understand like, oh, I get it. Had I had this at the specific age, hell yeah, Steve McQueen would have been the coolest. Throw this in with like Magnificent Seven. Be like, man, this guy's putting together a resume. Yeah. Um, whereas those still, I still enjoy those movies, but they, he doesn't have quite the same effect. Yeah. Agreed. Um but Bullock, you can you get it? Why he Dude, was who he just, was? Just the thing, yeah, exactly. If you've never, it, you know, that's the movie that if you want to know who Steve McQueen is, you watch Bullock. If you want to know who Steve McQueen was going to be, you watch Magnificent Seven. That's how you embrace this guy's career, you know. And then you can watch, you know, Thomas Crown Affair and the other movies. But those sure. two movies are the ones that you really need to put on your resume if you want to discover who Steve McQueen. Sorry, who Steve McQueen is. Well, I mean, I rewatched it again for this, and I was like, I got to choose between these two. And in the end, I chose the one I chose. But it's still a phenomenal action scene, and the, all the things which basically uh, Michael Bay was copying for The Rock, uh, and you just love it. It's an homage rather than a copy, I guess, but an homage to it in The Rock, and it's great. It's so great, man. I don't know how you keep your nuts, man. I mean, I've been over a hill. You know, your your nuts like disappear from your body when you go too high up. So to be doing that as a stunt driver, oh. it's an interesting experience to put yourself through, man. Well, because there are certain points, there are places in LA that I have. There's one not far from my house where you get to the top of the hill and you can't see the other side of the road. Oh, until yeah. Until you fully crest over the hill. There's only one by my house that's specifically like that. But every time, you know, just keep going straight. Yeah. It's kind of like what they. You hear about NASCAR drivers. If there's an accident, go to the outside, hit the gas. Yep. So that way you get through it as quick as you can, but the debris should roll downhill. Mm-hmm. So you just like on these streets, you're like, just keep going straight. You're fine. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, but every time you're like, what if some dipshit is turning? I can't see them type of, <laughs> it does. It gets you. Uh, to go to Steve's house uh, when I used to live in LA, Yeah. You, it's in um, Echo Park. It's an Echo Park. So it goes, there's a hill that you go, and yeah. then you cannot see over that hill. So you have to kind of hope the no So I always veer to the right real tight against just in case some Yahoo is coming over the hill late for work yeah. and it's going to slam into me head on. So I'm always nervous about it. 
And I was worried that the Prius is going to bump against the road as it okay. goes over the hill as well. So, yeah. Is that when you're going to his place? I won't say where an Echo yeah, car yeah, yeah. But if you're traveling, is that coming from the, the north going south or from the south going north? You I know what from, I mean? Oh, from the north going south. Yeah. Okay. So you're coming down. Yes. Okay. Yes. So to get to Steve's place from my place, I'd have to go over the hill that I'm talking about and yeah. then the hill you're talking about. <laughs> I don't live too far from him. So it's like five miles, but I know where he lives and be like, oh, okay. And if you got to come from the north, well, I'm coming from the north. So I'd have to go over that hill and then go over. So there's two in LA right there. So Mm. San Francisco is packed into one smaller area. And now here these guys are legitimately flying at 50 ish miles an hour. I know that they shot it at, what is it, half speed? Yeah. So they could double it and get to the 24 frames for the actual release to make it look like they were going as fast as they wanted them to look. So they didn't have to go intensely fast through San Francisco. I believe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But they're still doing 35, 40, potentially 50 miles an hour through areas where downhill tight hair pin uh, curve to the left. And you could easily, if you lost the grip, fly into a house or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's impressive. (laughs) Craziness, man. Absolutely. Um, Okay. So then what's your six brother? Uh, my six is uh, the Dark Knight. Oh, the uh, oh yeah, the night, the one at night. Yeah, okay, yeah. take it away, my man. That's For the uniqueness scene. of, you really brought to life what the tumbler was. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. It's an update of a Batmobile that is really impressive because it be- it become kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to be the new Batmobile? <laughs> and I did it too because you were expecting like, are they going to? Oh, they added fins, these big elongated. So is this going to be cartoonish? And then you see the right. Batmobile and you're like, what a great representation of him having access to certain technologies, but it's just barreling through Chicago. And then they're up against semis where they're firing rockets out of the semis. It's kind of like your tank thing. Yeah. It's so unique and it's an impressive scale that they do. They, that Chris Nolan packed into a small space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's this tiny little enclosed area, and yet the set pieces feel big, huge, dramatic, and over the top. And they're yeah. kind of not, kind of are, yeah. considering this is a military. It's like a hybrid on steroids. Pardon me, a Hummer on steroids. <laughs> uh, it's badass, though. Don't you believe that's the first one with a jet engine where you're like, it kind of oh. makes sense it would, why I would have it? Totally, because, I mean, you know, when Dark Knight Returns came out in the mid '80s, I think every Batman movie or or, or project has essentially chased that dragon ever since. Mm. And when you look at uh, the Tumblr here in the Dark Knight, remember there's that line in Dark Knight Returns where it, Bruce Wayne is remembering how Dick Grayson called it a Batmobile because, in his mind, it was this massive, big thing, this Batmobile, and he was a kid. So when you see the Batmobile in Dark Knight Returns. It's this massive fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, the tank almost. And so, but you can't have that. It's too fantastical for the really grounded tale you're telling in the Dark Knight. So you have to take elements of it and make it still somewhat spectacular in its appearance and, you know, oh, yeah. brutal and strong, uh, but you can't go that far out. So I think the Tumblr perfectly encapsulates that situation in Dark Knight Returns. It's and so then, good. So it, it's the the beauty of it is is it brings in ridiculous comic book technology yeah into the real world because yep. he goes down and he's 
firing like grappling hooks to wrap around corners and doing all this really cool shit, which why would you ever need that really technically in war? You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're developing right. that capability, why don't we pull that off and either put on some more plating or figure out some sort of, you know, something else. But then he's got those little missile things. Yeah. And it turns into the motorcycle as like this self-destruct kind of <laughs> mode. It's just one, yeah, on top of the yeah. other. Th- and then the motorcycle comes off and you're like, I'm actually buying into the reality of this and it yeah. extends that chase all the, the more mm-hmm. and to end on the Joker, you know, come on, hit me <laughs> to, to somehow be as even more menacing than the tumbler into motorcycle Batman trifecta. Yeah. yeah. And I fear him most in that scene. Well, and I think that's what brings that scene to life. Not just the, the, machinations of the Batmobile, but also the fact that Joker is just like adamant to try to make this confrontation happen in the, you know, in the 18 wheeler and this when he jumps out and all of that. Uh, and the big long gun, which is a great, nice echo to Jack Nicholson's joke. Yeah, exactly. All of that just works so perfectly. Um, and it's, it's great scene. Absolutely. Good choice, my man. Uh, Uh, All right. So that's my six. Okay. So then my number seven, I know it's not on your list is the, (laughs) Furious Six, uh, the car chase scene where they have where they're essentially the whole crew is going after uh, Shaw and and I don't mean the um, uh, Jason Statham Shaw, but the Luke Evans is Shaw and his team is going after them. So it's a car chase scene with teams of cars chasing each other, coming after each other and essentially equals in this whole situation so it's incredible and then you find out just when things couldn't get any like higher in terms of the amount of cars involved and the the drama and tension all that uh uh, uh luke shaw's character i mean luke uh, luke evans's character shaw i think it's deckard shaw comes in with these cars okay. that that elevate like they scoop under cars so the cars go off the ramps. Oh, so sure. Like battle bots. Yeah, they're like essentially. So they're 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 cars with these ramps really? attached them on the hood and they lower them. And those are the things that are supposed to, if they ram into you, kind of send your car That's into fun. a wall. It's brilliant. And so throughout the whole chase scene, it's just incredible how the tension builds and the danger builds throughout as you're seeing these uh, teams of cars going at each other. So yeah, that's why I put it on my list. I love it. Yeah, it's that's a fun, inventive idea. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 I know Fast Five is the one people love with it, but to me the safe becomes like this is ridiculous. This is like ten billion dollars worth of damage. Uh, you might as well just let them take the safe. Like it doesn't fucking matter well, by the end of that chase scene. You know, that's not even the problem I have. I've seen that one, and that's not even the problem I have with that. I agree with you. Just flying around, they would. The collateral damage, the insurance companies, the city, no, everybody'd be like, just fucking take the money. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but so six, six I have not seen. I do oh. like the name Deckard Shaw. That's a yeah. that's a strong name. Yeah. It's Owen Shaw and Deckard Shaw. So I think that's the names. I don't like Owen Shaw. I think Deckard Shaw. <laughs> so think about it. Blade Runner Jaws. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, true, true, true. Oh, I see the combo. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. It's gets a strong, like subconsciously, right. you're sending like this is a fucking man. Yeah. Like, all right. All right. And like, maybe he's half robot, but he is a machine. Like he's coming at you. And he also has a lust for death like Shaw. Yeah. Like that's what I'm guessing from that name. That's a solid name. Owen Shaw dog shit. That is. Bad name. <laughs> I love it. What is his, what is his name? I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, uh, oh no, he does play Owen Shaw. My bad. 
So then does Jason Statham play Deckard Shaw? Is that correct on that? Did you know there's a wiki for Fast and Furious? I don't know if you knew. God, this. that makes sense. I mean, there's nine films, man. There's a yeah, wiki true. for everything if you want it to exist. Yeah, so Deckard Shaw. Yeah, Deckard Shaw is Jason Statham. So I guess okay. they gave him the cooler name, dude. So, well, I forgot so that it's... from Hobbs and Shaw. I, I learned that information <laughs> and immediately summarily dismissed it from my brain. Don't need that. <laughs> oh, right. This is the one with Carano, right? Carano's in this one, too. And mm. she barely speaks in that movie until she plays. That's, that's for the best. Yeah, sometimes it really is. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, Owen Shaw is, is who he is in the movie and everything that does there. It's pretty cool. So, all right. So that was my six or seven rather. Uh, then my six is I couldn't resist. I know it's back to back here, but the Hobbs and Shaw uh, chase scene with the helicopter at the end of the movie. Is that, is that on your list? Okay. It's not on your list. So terrible. It's so ridiculous. So it's so ridiculous, but I'm like a fucking helicopter that you throw I took around and all he, of that. He fucking lassoed was, a helicopter. It was brilliant. <laughs> it's utterly ridiculous. Just, just for the nuttiness of it. I mean, they're hanging off the edge of that Hawaiian highway and stuff like that. So to me, just all of it, because of course it starts out with the battle there between the families and the villains there on their own ranch uh, and then extends out into the car chasing. So it's, you're already hyped up from the battle and then they add the car chase scene to give it even more heft. And then you get, after they land and fall all the way down the crevice, then you get the fight with uh, um, Idris Elba in the rain. So it's just an excellent scene over or series of scenes. But that car chase scene, just for the uniqueness of a helicopter, man, I had to put it on my list. too. So there you go. That's what I would say. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, I know you have nothing to contribute. So let's no, I, I didn't hate the movie. I will say that. I know it you wasn't liked the, the movie. I didn't like it. I just didn't. Oh. It wasn't as awful as it could have been. Okay. All right. That's fair. To me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. So we're about to jump into our top five. As Matt, should we take a little bit of a break for to hear ourselves promoting stuff? That's right. Let's take a quick break and hear this word from our sponsors. All right, as we're coming back from that, uh, Matt Nost, some news just breaking here. Do you want to chime in on this a little bit? Uh, Rick Carlisle not returning as Mavericks head coach. He just dropped on ESPN. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There was he, rumors. He, he apparently informed a Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, on Thursday that he won't be returning as coach next season. He had two years left on his contract. Interesting. So Carlisle is leaving. Mm. Well, there's discussion of if the Nuggets, pardon me, not the Nuggets, but the Bucks flame out, the Carlisle wants the Bucks job. Really? Uh-huh. But I didn't think you know, a week ago or a week and a half ago, Cuban was like, if you can tell me, if you can find me, you know, four coaches that are better or whatnot that I can interview right now than him. Yeah. I'll do it. Uh, but those people don't exist. Mm type of it was a compliment of i'm sticking with them so that i don't know it'll be interesting because the, the, the athletic dropped a scathing article about the front office of right uh the mavs and then this this a power play from luca and he wants a different coach in so maybe carlisle to save face and to potentially hunt other jobs agreed to resign yeah 
Yeah, because Donnie, Donnie Nelson, this is on the heels of Donnie Nelson resigning yesterday or being let go yesterday after 24 years with the Mavericks mm-hmm. or whatever. So, you know, there was all that drama around the Mavericks in their front office and the sexual harassment stuff and allegations. True. Stuff, so, so there's a lot of drama. Maybe Rick was like, you know what? Maybe you're right, uh, uh, Matt. He saw the writing on the wall. He saw Luca maybe not happy with him. So, eh, do your thing and see how successful you are without me. And I've heard a lot of storylines. If I'm the um, Lakers right now, I drop Vogel in a heartbeat and go get Carlisle. Not even a hesitation. I go get Carlisle. You blame Vogel for this year, really? I'm not blaming. I just never thought he was that great of a coach anyway. Like he's a he's a he's a mid-card coach. He's a mid-tier coach. LeBron and Anthony Davis, I could coach that team to a fucking title. So it's just like it's well, not, not that go, big of a deal. Well, let's not go too far. Uh, Matt, you could coach him. You understand the basics of basketball. If not more than the average basketball fan, uh, I'm sure you could have coached them to a title. It's yeah. not that difficult. No, because it's not just X's and O's. There's so many. You got to massage egos. You got to know when to to push guys and ask one of your superstars, how much do you practice? How much do you not practice? What should be the ethos of a team? I've never done it. There's no way I could do it. Not okay. saying, I'm saying from right now, if I went through a mentorship program and became an assistant coach and learned how to run an organization, yes, I believe that I could because I do watch a lot of basketball and I have an understanding of the fundamentals, but I think that's eight, 10 years down the line. Okay, fine. But either way, I don't think it was that difficult of it. Just like I don't give Tyrone no, Lue any credit yeah, for winning. Exactly. With I was Cleveland. literally about to say, the same thing. Yeah. I don't know if Ty Lue is a good coach or not. Yeah. Because LeBron was the coach. Yeah. And um, if, if, if uh, Rivers flames out with these Sixers again after blowing two 20 plus point leads back to back, I don't was, think Dak Rivers is that great of a coach. That was brutal. Yeah, dude. That was fucking yeah, brutal. I love the first uh, few par- the first paragraph of the Ringer article about it, and the guy's talking. He's like, "I went to wash dishes. I thought it was over. Oh, I, and yeah, I, I come back, and it's like, what the fuck? I almost walked away because uh, Catherine and I were trying to figure out dinner stuff, and I was like, you yeah. know, this game's kind of getting out of hand. I can make dinner tonight because I haven't done it in a while because mm. basketball. And then <laughs> Atlanta started fighting back in, and it was a two-parter, man. It was they had to come back for the first – they were down by, I think, as much as 26 points. But yeah, 26. But 24 at various times. When it got down to, it was fluctuating on 10, 12, 9, 12 in that area. They got back to that, and then Philly collapsed yeah, totally and let right. them back in the rest of the way. And right. it was just a, their offense came to a screeching halt. All of a sudden, it's everything goes through Steph Curry, and then he dishes out to Embiid. They're the only ones that made a shot in the second half, yeah. but Tobias Harris was completely absent from the offense entirely. I don't know what the decision was there. They had to sub Simmons out, which is smart, because he was 4 of 14 in, from the line. He took one fucking shot in the second half in this game, and he took one fucking shot in the second half of the last game. That's two shots from your all-star yeah. over two second halves of back-to-back games. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. This team is weird. They did a stats. His free-throw shooting, the only three Three other players in the playoffs, in the history of NBA playoffs, have shot worse than him. Free throw shooting. I'm not surprised. And it was fucking Shaq is one of those people. Like, mm-hmm. you do not want to be in a conversation with Shaq about free throws well, with your statistics if you want to be considered Shaq, an all-star. So it doesn't. That's a great point. Yeah, Shaq did. Yeah, certainly. Because he so had better. So if you can overcome it. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. But anyway. But yeah. Good luck to you, Mr. Carlisle. I'm sure you'll find a job. Pretty lickety split. The Wizards are available. I'm just letting you know. The Wizards are available. (laughs) (laughs) We let go go of Matt's older brother. And now come on in. The Wizards are available. Hey, you just got done 
coaching the next generational star. It sucks you had to walk away from that. How would you feel about coaching two aging stars? And How dare you? How dare you? One is in the tail end, more than likely. He, he and just the other broke is, the triple-double record. What are you talking about, did. tail end? Yeah, He's got I'm five saying, more years. You're lying to yourself. He does not have five more years. He's got five more years. That, I think that he's got motor this level. I think he's got two, maybe three. You're an insane person. That motor of his and his talent has gone nowhere, dude. Yes, but his jump shooting is not good enough to justify. <sighs> and once he loses his step, that is his best athletic advantage is the fact that he can blow past you and dunk in your face pretty much anytime he wants. It's true. And as soon as that's gone, now you're watching Westbrook shoot a bunch of threes, and that's so, not a good thing. I'm not going to disagree with you. You're right about yeah. that. <laughs> so anyway. If you're looking for a job, you should headhunt and get 10% on this. Hey, Carlisle. <laughs> Inside scoop. <laughs> but good luck to you. I hope you sign up. I read somewhere the Bucks are going after Spolstra. I'm like, there's no fucking way. I would love to have Spolstra. Do you think Spolstra would leave would leave the Buck would leave to go to coach the Bucks? No, he's part of is the identity. He could end up yeah. being Pat Riley there. Yeah. Right. There's no way. Why give that up? Why give it up? He's got the be- one of the, the best jobs in, in basketball. I'm telling you right now, if I'm LeBron, I call I'm calling I'm calling Jeannie Bus right now. I'm saying, get me Rick Carlisle. Frank Volker can go coach the fucking Bucks. Let's go get Carlisle. We'll see. Anyway. All right. Uh thank you for our M- thank you for being patient with our NBA playoffs or NBA uh back to car chases. Let's go to car chases. I'm gonna grab a Diet Coke, Matt. You gotta jump into your- what's your number five? My five is Ronan. Yeah, I took that off my list. Go ahead, man. Knock yourself out. I'll be right back. Not a fan of Ronan, huh? Doesn't like classic car chase movies. That's fine, man. Um, so it's it's De Niro in a, a weird kind of time for De Niro. It's like he's on the, the tail end of doing nonstop prestige projects, and he's kind of getting more into meat and potatoes movies, which I'm not saying Ronan is straight meat and potatoes, but it's not elevated to the level of everything needs to be an Oscar caliber kind of movie. Uh, sometimes you can make just a badass action film. And uh, it was one of the first that I saw as a kid where you're kind of like blown away by how good the driving is throughout. And then they throw in some ridiculous stuff, um, you know, here and there on top of it. But the reality of the driving from it is uh, it's pretty sweet. And it's a nice action film. If you've never seen Ronan, do yourself a favor. Who else is in the cast? I can't think of it off the top of my head. I will find out in one second for you. Try and be a modicum or express a modicum of uh, professionalism on this show. So we've got De Niro, Jean Renault, Stellan Skarsgård, Natasha uh, Mecklehone, Sean Bean, and uh, that's probably Jonathan Price. Like it's a solid cast. Hell yeah. Um, it's just not a well-directed movie. It's just not a well-directed movie. Frankenheimer does not direct that movie. Well, I think, yeah, but the, well, I think that's debatable. Okay. I'm not saying he crushes an all-timer, but I do think he makes a good movie. Yeah, no, I think he does. He's made good movies, clearly. I mean, he did, I mean the original Manchurian Candidate. But I just think this film is not a strong film. Uh, but that being said... Yeah, but... The car chase scene is good. The car chase scene is good. And this movie doesn't have the expectation of winning an Oscar. It's not supposed to be up for an Oscar. It's supposed to be an action film with a little bit of like espionage aspect to it. Yeah. Kind of, you know, so the 
car chasing fits in. I think they deliver their product. It's just not one of the best within that genre. Yeah. Still good. He didn't do much after this. Like he did this in reindeer games and then poof, nothing. Well, that's because Reindeer Games is definitely not good. Oh, that is terrible, man. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. But he also had done Island of Dr. Moreau taking over. Took over for, and it was a Doom production. It was. I blame everybody and no one for that movie. Because <laughs> they all seemed like they were miserable, so they're all at fault. But perhaps production should have just stopped because De Niro and Val Kilmer were at all time of their apparent douchiness. Yeah, they were. They were. And just getting into fights and not trying and being yeah. children. He did three really good films back to back to back to start his career. Birdman of Alcatraz, Manchurian Candidate, and Seven Days in May. Those are fantastic films. Those are classics. Yeah. So, you know, he certainly laid the groundwork for his stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, I, I almost put it on the list. Where am I? Where am I right? Did I take it off? I think I took it off those, right? Yeah, I took it off the list. I'd had it on the list, but then I took it off because I'm like, I, I find the movie kind of boring and the car chase scene a little bit boring. Okay. Because it's De Niro doing this the whole time you know, with his double chin and that, you know, but I like Natasha McKelhone because it's rare to see in, in, in car chase scenes that a woman is driving the car, right? Yeah. That's a rare thing. And I think Natasha, who is an all time uh, beautiful actress, classically beautiful actress, is great in this role with the break and moving it around and swinging all this and these tight European streets. Um, but it's just at, at times I feel like some of the De Niro thing becomes comical, you know, with, with how he's okay. Meant, but we'll, but that's my only complaint about it. Other than that, it's an incredibly well choreographed car chase scene. Um, I just felt like, you know, I didn't need to talk about this one, but I'm glad you put it on your list, man. That's Fair cool. enough. Yeah. Um, all right, that was your five. Uh, so then my five is uh, Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation, the car chase scene. Right. Go After- for it. I'm going to use the restroom. Okay, go ahead, man. Take turns here. But uh, yeah, that one is uh, one of my favorites when he, you know, he's just been brought back to life as Ethan Hunt uh, after he's been quote unquote dead again, just like he was in uh, in, uh, Mission Impossible 3. And he gets into the car uh, with Simon Pegg um, and uh, uh, what he does throughout that whole car chase scene driving all through those streets, smashing the things. And of course he's chasing Rebecca Ferguson, who's on the motorcycle and what she's got going on. Cause of course, remember they were connected in the previous film. So they've got all that going on throughout this whole sequence. And then it ends with him driving backwards into a car park, into a parking lot over some stairs and spins up onto his head. But the whole time he is completely like still recovering from what he's been through and and it, so it adds that element that you don't know what's going to happen you don't know if he's going to stay alive through the car chase scene at all and then by the time it ends you've just been through a hell of an experience uh with him and with simon Pegg. uh and of course jeremy renner and ving rames are in the other uh, humvee uh monitoring the situation chasing down the situation and uh being alongside them but just tom cruise's acting throughout this car chase scene is brilliant because most of the time in car chase scenes, right? People are driving the car and they're in control of their car. Or as I said, they're pulling the De Niro thing where they're a little like kind of freaking out while it's happening. Tom Cruise, the whole time is Ethan Hunt, is trying to like get control of his brain as he's driving the car. So it adds a fogginess to this element as opposed to being a confident driver of the car. He is an unstable driver of the car. And that adds the tension to the car chase scene that I think makes it 
super excellent and better than any car chase scene in any of the Mission Impossible movies. So that's why I wanted to put it in. It's an unusual driver uh, in a car chase scene. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, my number four. Okay. Uh, it's the punt from earlier, Baby Driver. Nice. Which, the one after the bank scene with uh, Ham and Bernthal or a different one? Doesn't Honestly, don't care. Okay. Fair enough. Because uh, I like the opening. It's a good introduction to him as a character mm-hmm. and how, how much music plays a part in the movie as a whole. It intertwines so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edgar Wright did a great job. But th- between that, yeah, and then the the later uh, robbery, both excellent car chase scenes. Mm-hmm. You're talking about just flying through areas, emergency breaks, and it looks completely real. It does not look ridiculous in any way, shape, or form. No, right. Uh, and uh, I also love that finally got a good, a really good ham performance on in film. <laughs> I like him a lot and it's been hit and miss and mostly miss in yeah, film. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. He doesn't exude that kind of badassery that people thought he might exude when he made the transition into film. Cause in the town, he's pretty much a, a cuckolded guy the whole time. Or, you know, he's just like, yeah, uh, emasculated yeah. emasculated i guess yeah. it's not the best and bridesmaids whatever you know he's going being a dick in a comedy yeah right 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 and he I, i'm sure he was excited to to do it um but this is finally where okay ham's got something he's always had a magnetism and a charisma there just hasn't been a good there's what the the day the earth stood still wasn't he in that with keanu reeves oh and, yeah i forgot about that yeah he's, yeah he's in the upcoming maverick i hope mm. i hope he's good in that um, I've always liked him on Mad Men, although I watched all of it. I felt it's ultimately kind of unfulfilling. Yeah. The uh, ending? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I just think the show it. is a whole overall. Okay. I still like it, and I go back, definitely watch some of my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I would ever sit down and watch the whole thing start to finish. Well, it becomes Peggy's story as the thing goes along. True. And I think and I enjoy that. I actually, you know, don't have an issue with that and certainly kind of showcases that elizabeth moss can carry her own series which eventually she does in handmaid's tale right okay. so but i hear what you're saying do you know what i'm saying that the john ham story kind of peters out as things change and maybe that's not yeah. as satisfying when you've been connected to the character for so many seasons yeah well i think the best scenes are him and peggy when she's coming up totally to totally. their back and forth that she bristles but wants more and knows that she can do the job and i mm-hmm. think that's where the show was at my favorite part of it. And it's a natural, they grew up and they moved and they changed as people do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's some stuff in the later seasons that I thoroughly enjoy. Just yeah. anyway, neither here nor there, but uh, yeah, baby driver. I, thankfully I got to see that movie before the hype had fully set in. Oh yeah. Cause so you could just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I would have liked it as much if everybody said, Oh, it's so amazing. Cause right after that people were building it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it was just, everybody liked it. That's all it was recommending. Yeah, and then whoever saw it on the tail end of that, it may not have lived up to that kind of burden, right? Uh, but I thought it was awesome. Yeah, just blown away. Just seeing him, and we're just seeing the sequences when he is able to navigate the LA streets the way he is, mm-hmm. and then in those alleys and in the spins around trucks and around those different vehicles, it is stellar, stellar stuff to watch. Uh, and it's so all to that soundtrack and him listening to the music, not talking to anybody, and they're all just kind of reacting to all the crazy shit he's doing and seeing all those cars, police cars. And then by the end, you're like, wow, that, that he 
it earns the belief that he got away. It earns the belief that he snuck in or got into that parking garage and switched cars. That, at least the scene I enjoyed the most okay. in terms of car chase scene. And yeah. Ham and Bernthal, and I think it's G. Rodriguez all in the back just going like, what the hell is happening? So um, overall, I think it's just genius what they were able to do with that car chase scene. And uh, Ansel Elgort plays it so well, you know, so well, man. I didn't know that he was so disliked until after the movie. Yeah, and of course, there have been accusations, of course, uh, recently, too, of uh, some inappropriate sexual stuff as well with him. So I, I uh, wonder how they're going to navigate that with West Side Story coming out uh, in a little bit. So we'll see, man. We'll see. We shall see. Yeah, He's I don't no, really he, know much of the, the guy's work, so. Hmm, yeah. He's no Alex Pettifer. Everybody hated him. Um. All right, so that's your four. Correct. Okay, so then my four is Death Proof. Go for it. Yeah, the car, Quentin Tarantino car chase scene in Death Proof. And if you want to watch the whole movie, I recommend you watch the whole movie instead of The Grindhouse, which is about an hour and 10 minutes of the movie. The the full movie, I think, is an hour and 25 minutes. But there's more of the car chase scene at the end. And it's fantastic. you got Zoe Bell, who, of course, is uh, Tarantino's stunt woman. Uh, she's played small parts. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, she's Kurt Russell's wife, I think, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But like in in this movie, she is hanging out with her girls. And this is, of course, after we've gotten that first part of the movie where Stuntman Mike kills Rose McGowan in his car. Now he is kind of threatening these girls after having watched them eat at a luncheon. And this is Tracy Toms, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I think I can't remember who the other girl is. But they're all in the car here. And Tracy Toms, as I said, a rare thing where a female is driving. Tracy Toms is driving the white car which is, of course, is an homage to Vanishing Point and Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. But Zoe Bell is on the hood of the fucking car as Kurt Russell is coming up with his car, and it is incredible, the stunts. That's some real stunt work. You actually see her on the car, get hit by the car, then roll over, holding on to the uh, the, the uh, essentially the seatbelt thing that is attached to the inside of the car. It's incredible work overall, and I love the way it builds up. I love how scared you are the whole time and i love how real it is uh to mm. possibly hurting uh zoe bell or you know because you rarely see that where the stunt person is very very obviously uh the person that is in danger you know because most of the time it's just in the car you just see from above the car or outside the car and then you get those occasional shots that are tight shots but this is full on just seeing zoe bell uh, and then the way Tracy Thomas kind of navigates the situation to get out of Stuntman Mike and the way he's like hanging back, coming up, hanging back. And then what it leads to when they finally get the best of him is fucking great. So just overall, one of my favorite car chase scenes now to watch. Okay. Yeah. Still haven't seen the movie. Don't oh, really? Talking. Shit. All right. All right. Uh, then uh, what's your number three? Uh, my three was <clears throat> technically my number one on our first iteration. Oh, okay. Which is the road warrior. Ah, the, yeah. 19 Mad Max too. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Um, pretty much the whole movie's a car chase. <laughs> yeah. Once they go, once they leave the place. Yes. <laughs> yes. In yeah. essence. Yeah. And it is just awesome. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just flat out. Awesome. So many ridiculous over-the-top characters that I can't believe that it got through enough phases within pre-production. Yeah. It's not like this is the first one where they did it on a completely shoestring budget. They had more money on this one. 
hence the number of vehicles and whatnot. So they put time into what each character said is going to look like and whatnot. And going to film and saying, this is, this is exactly how I envisioned it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's still working because it is off the wall. This post-apocalyptic bondage on wheels flying down and so it does make it more menacing and all these i guess it adds to the overall craziness of the characters that are hunting down because they want that fucking gas yeah yeah give me that gas <laughs> <laughs> and there's the weird people over on this side who are you know think of themselves as altruistic but they're more than willing to sacrifice max to get what they want so how pious can you really be mm -hmm. uh you're still dealing in death just not on the scale that these guys are willing to do it right right so it's got some some nice, you know, uh, balance there between the two. And it is just nonstop. We're chasing. We're driving around. Explosions. Helicopter thingy out of nowhere. Uh, just awesomeness. Left, yeah. right, and center. I love that movie. I do too, brother, man. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I, you know, it's one of the, I actually, as we talked earlier in another week, I think, I watched that movie, obviously, before I watched uh, the original Mad Max and then swung around to Thunderdome. Mm -hmm. But this was the one I had on VHS, and I played it over and over and over again. Just loved it, the car, the the scene the whole time, you know? And you find out at the end what the twist is about that whole car, uh, that whole truck car chase scene, in essence. Yeah. Uh, and all that he has to fight off. And you see all these characters who you, like, have connected to throughout the movie go down as they're trying to protect what's on the truck. Uh, and Lord Humongous, and that how that all ends up, you know, and um, the the yeah, the, the dude name with the Lord Hoff. Humongous. It's just Ridiculous. a great name, right? It is awesome. <laughs> but then the way he's dressed, yes, and to call him oh Lord Humongous, it's so many different choices that really feel like it should fail. Mm -hmm. It should just suffer under the weight of his, of its absurdity. Yeah, and yet it doesn't. It it fucking sings. Yeah, the guy with the mohawk. Yeah, with the androgynous. I believe that's a, a guy behind him. Yeah, right, right. And it's yeah, it's like, what is going on? This is awesome. <laughs> you, just, you can run, but you can't hide. Oh, oh I just love it. Man. That guy with his I mean, just craziest eyes you've ever seen on film. Oh, yeah. Cody Mohawk. I think he showed up in Weird Science after that movie oh. as well as one of those guys that they call in at the end, the, uh, the biker guys that take over the house. He's one of those dudes. Uh, so it was great up, yeah. to see him uh, be a part of it. And so it's it's awesome. And yeah, you're right, dude. I mean, this is one of my favorites, bar none. I I, I almost put it on, but I had to choose between the two. And so I did not choose mm -hmm. uh, that Road Warrior one because of uh, recency bias. But I just absolutely love that scene, man. It's so good. The guzzling. And Mel Gibson does a great job as he's like, you know, half an eye is, is like swollen uh, and he's doing his best. And then the kid, the feral kid is in there as well, which yeah. throws a whole other x factor into the movie you know and i love the part of the car chase scene when they remove all the sound because the music's been playing the whole time sure they remove all the sound when the kid is on the hood and he's trying to reach for the shotgun uh -huh. shells and you hear the doo, 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 doo. just brilliant choices man all around for sure so that yeah. is my three what do you got <laughs> my three is mad max fury road that's my three that's uh, Oh, punt. <laughs> All you right. said you, you had to make I a choice. I, had to I make chose not choice. to make that choice. Yeah, that's it's your list. I respect that. Uh, so then what's your two? Is uh, The Born Identity. Oh, that's a great one. Oh, dude, I was so close. So close. Go ahead, uh, man. I think it was the first time that I can recall in the theater just being utterly blown away by a chase scene. Yeah. A car chase scene. 
because it just looks so real. And these tiny little minis flying oh. down and downstairs and like the damage that it's taking, it just yeah. seems like this tiny little mini tank as it drives around, but it all feels exceedingly grounded and believable. I mean, we just saw Matt Damon turn into a, a robot killer. Mm-hmm. It's just this calculating can size up any number of individuals in any yeah. room and whatnot over there, but it's a good build to it as yeah. well. But putting it through its paces backwards, forwards, flying around, it has the perfect amount of energy and mania for yeah. a car chase scene. It only get eclipsed by one other for me. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It's one, I, I watched it again for this, uh, for our list again. And it's just, I mean, Damon is so confident in that role and you're watching him do his thing in, in that movie, in that car chase scene. And it is stellar. I think it's even better than it's better than the Italian job car chase scene, which is a good car chase. The, the, uh, the remake, which is a good car chase scene when you're talking about minis, but this one just absolutely puts you right inside that car as you're feeling it as you're spinning around, doing all the things that it's doing. So yeah, <coughs> sorry, a thousand percent agree with you. This is a great choice, bud. Um, all right, so that's my number two. What do you have? Uh, well, that's my classic number two. Is my classic film, uh, The French Connection. That's where I put my number two. Sure. Um, the same guy who did the stunt choreography or the car chase choreography for Bullet, the same producer rather, for Bullet when French Connection came around and everyone was lauding how great Bullet was, he said, I'm going to one-up it. And that's when he did the French Connection. And we've talked about that this scene a number of times on the show. And I'd be remiss not to put it on my list and certainly near the top because it is what has inspired pretty much that Bullet. It pretty much inspired all the car chase action uh, uh, scenes we've gotten since that time and remember this is like 1971 when french yeah. connection comes out yeah. um, and it still holds up as a car chase scene it's manic and as matt said on an, an, another episode a few weeks ago like freaking they knew they couldn't get the permits to do what they were going to do so they just kind of did it and um some of the yeah. stuff in the film is actually real like when he gets hit by a car that legitimately happened that there wasn't yeah. choreographed he legitimately uh, was hit by the car. So all the stuff that's going on there and Hackman is so great. The frustration, the rage, you know, um, who hasn't felt that way at some point in our life when they're trying to get to something and everything's in the way and it's delaying you getting there. And he is just like fucking fuming. It's the worst case of road rage you're ever going to see as he spins all around. And, and, you know, he almost hits that woman in the stroller. And, uh, you know, there's a few sequences where he's almost taken out of commission and the way that all ends where he gets there on time to confront the guy he's been chasing who is calmly taking the subway, you know, just brilliant stuff, man. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It was built up to be the best and then you see it and it didn't, it's not Okay. for me. Okay. It's you know, it's like, uh, not to take a shot across your bow, but citizen Kane, the greatest movie ever. And then you see it and you're like, Okay. Hmm. At least I did. And I was like, I get what you're saying, and I appreciate all the technical aspects of it and whatnot, and then the stakes of trying to do this film at that time, all the the background and everything about it, I find yeah. interesting. But the movie doesn't have. It's just when you build it up to those kind of expectations, it's really tough. Yeah, you know. Well, I feel sorry for you because it is. I know that's fine. Animal House, the funniest movie of all time, and then you see it and you're like, is it? <laughs> that is not the funniest movie. Ever. I know, but that's all I heard as a kid. And I'll oh, do that's the funniest movie of all time. Like that's right. my number one comedy. And you see it and you're like, okay. 
Caddyshack is number one comedy. Oh, not even questioning. I would take yeah. Caddyshack in a, mil- a million times. Like I would never choose, ever choose <laughs> Animal House. No. Um. Okay. So that's your. That's my two. And so your one is the punt from earlier. All right. Go ahead. Is Fury Road? Yeah. Just right when you think you can't top Mac, Mad Max, uh, Road Warrior. Take it to a degree. Yes, it has all the action elements that you used to, and now you're bringing in these fantastical set pieces and colors. When that storm comes in, oh, and man. it's this big cyclone of Oof. purples and lightning and orange flashes and reds, and it is one of the most beautiful things you can behold if you see yeah. it on a large screen. Yeah, It is gorgeous, stunning, and meanwhile... Um, what is it? Nicholas Holt is driving the car. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets taken out of the moment of the mania of what they're trying to do and kind of looks over it and appreciates the beauty within the power. Like he's in awe of this destructive force. Yeah. And then like the reality sets back in and they have to get back to what they're doing. And that's one aspect of an amazing car chase sequence. Yeah. Like when she first pulls off and I love the little code that she has with all the, uh, basically her, uh, um, Oh my God. It's not a supply line. It's a, her security force. Oh yeah. It's a, it's kind of like putting destroyers around a battleship. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't think of what that term is called. And I'm going to kick myself later when I do. (laughs) Okay. But they have like little shorthands for that. And they they become like kind of this fleet. Oh, detour. We're not going to such and such, but they have to square off later on. And then Emerton Joe, when he's coming in and all his, genetic mutant offspring it's just weirdos and uh i will ride eternal yeah uh, it's uh, just a build it's another one where i don't know how he manages to put all these bananas ideas cram them together and it works unlike anybody else could do it he's built to direct these films man he's 100%. just built to direct these films george miller is and he understands you know, almost better than any director who has consistently done installments of a franchise. He understands his franchise better than almost any other director. Yeah. Um, as I just said, who's done multiple installments because he knows how to make it come to life. And look how long we waited between Thunderdome and this film for a for a Mad Max film. And it was worth the wait because oh. he, he oh, yeah. took whatever we'd enjoyed about Road Warrior in that car chase scene. He took it and went even farther up. And yet again, here's, you know, and again, this is a woman driving the main car on that side with Charlize Theron, uh, uh, Furiosa. And you see all the elements are involved here and the characters, right? She's got the the women in the back. She's got Nicholas Holt and all those crazy dudes who are like, you know, hopped up and they spray their teeth silver and they grab the wheels. And then you see the homie with the guitar and the swinging around. And then just like you said, Matt, the element of the dirt or the windstorm, whatever it is coming through, the sandstorm rather coming through it visually, it takes you to Nirvana, man. Like visually your mind goes right to Nirvana because of the colors and the elements of everything involved. And he brings to life these so these nutty fucking post-apocalyptic characters, but in a way that's believable. You could believe in the world of Mad Max that a Morton Joe would have a dude dressed all in red who only wakes up to play chords with fire coming out of his guitar. That's believable yeah. in the post-apocalyptic world of Mad Max. And it's just so perfect the way he makes it work. 
yeah, the the fallout of the earth has affected all these people in different ways. Yeah. And they're all unique. And it's really interesting. Because yeah. then you pull in like the the chieftains of the other areas that right. they form. And they're all like weirdly disfigured in different ways. Yeah. But they're carrying one of the like seven deadly sins almost. <laughs> and each true. one is representative of a different one. It's a um, great Yeah. Yeah, that's I think it's you know, saying that uh, he's gotten better as I think the films have grown with him and he has grown with the films. Mm-hmm. So as he's matured and he's brought that maturity into it. That's a great point. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I agree. The, uh, he has a better handle on this as evidenced by Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. And that's why like, um, I know they're going to do a prequel film with Anya Taylor joy stepping in to play the younger version of Furiosa and I know Charlize was unhappy about that because she really wanted to come back and play that character again. But I trust George Miller, and he's not let me down. I watched Thunderdome again on HBO Max a couple of weeks ago. It's not a bad film. You know, I know you, the kids think is you yeah, know, in, it's, you're in it or out slows it down. Right, it slows it down. But overall, it's not a bad film. No, no, so no, I like it. There are weaker installments in other franchises than Thunderdome, yes. uh, and I think it's stellar. So uh, that's why I think, uh, I mean, I think the franchise overall is stellar Mm. and uh, that's why I trust him to do an incredible prequel film uh, with uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. So who's fucking having a moment as an actress for sure. Barter town is an amazing set. It's It's a great place to put a story. Who runs Barter town? (laughs) It's another one where the look doesn't make any sense. Why would you build a post-apocalyptic world like this? But somehow it works. Yeah. Wow, the need for civilization, the need to feel like there's something feels like home again. You know, that's what it's all about. It was great. Um, all right, so then my number one, uh, and Matt, my bristle at this, is The Matrix Reloaded. Um, I thought about it. Yeah? Okay. I didn't know if it was too much CGI, but I was like, no. at the end of the day, I'm like, this this is just so excellent. Uh, you know, obviously in the world of The Matrix and the green hue, but everything on that highway with those like fucking twins that are vaping into yeah, the, separate cars and all that shit. That you have the, nice. What's that? Baby? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I like that. It kind of fits them better. They do seem like they would be the dudes that vape. Good for yeah, you. Totally. Totally. They and got a flavor they like. They both, that's how they, you can tell them apart. He likes blueberry and he likes bubblegum or something. I don't know what flavors they come in. I know blueberries one. That works. That works. Yeah. And, anyway, and then you, and, and no, no, then you have the different agents switching in the cars and all of that. And of course, mm-hmm. everything leads to that massive slamming mm-hmm. in of two semis head on and him saving Neo and the key yeah. ma- or Neo saving uh, uh, Morpheus and the Keymaster. It's fucking fantastic. All these and the music is great. Then you got, mm-hmm. of course, Trinity on the motorcycle getting involved in the situation as well. So yeah. everything about that car chase scene is epic and even more epic because the film is such a disappointment. That's what makes it even stand out even more as a, as a great car chase. Scene. Well, I think also to bolster your argument and counter that too much CGI, it's the only one on this list that they built a couple miles of road for You're outside right. of San Francisco. You're right. I mean, they spent how many millions of dollars uh, to build a, I don't even know if they use that road. Oh, I don't even okay. know. Oh, you mean if they shut it down after? It well, was it used? wasn't. It wasn't attached to anything else, as far as I know. Mm. It's technically a set somewhere in the Bay Area. I know it's South Bay, South of San Francisco, is where they built it. Right. But it's just a road they built where there was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ooh. just to film all this shit. Stellar, stellar stuff, man. Back when we thought that they were going to make a magnum opus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Oof, what are you going to do? Yeah. The world's yeah, full maybe, of disappointment. You know? Maybe on a project that large, you go the Peter Jackson route and you have them shoot all of them at once. Well, they shot, they shot two and three back to back. So yeah, but they had already out. had the success of one. Right. Right. Whereas if I you were constantly you. shooting it, maybe they would have maintained that, that kind of level headedness instead mm-hmm. of going, all right, you guys <laughs> like that? Well, we had this other idea where it, like it amps up now. <laughs> Let's like try this. Yeah. Whereas they, they might've had a tighter arc. Yeah. Had there not awesome. been success in between. Who knows? Yeah, who, knows? who can say? Maybe four is the answer. <laughs> Only time will tell. Time will tell. All right. Well, that's our separate uh, top 10 car chase uh, sequ- scenes in movies uh, as we revisit our first ever list. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that. We're going to compile these uh, into one list and then uh, count them down. Darn tootin'. All right. So I would say uh, Fury Road is number one. Yes, that seems a bit correct. And uh, All right. So... Hmm. I would probably say then your number one. Okay. So Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. Okay. You got uh, Born at two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you had Fury Road three? Yeah, Fury Road at three. What's your two? Uh, French Connection. Oh, that's right. French Connection. Yeah. Uh, flip a coin? No, no, no. That's fine. You can put yours in since mine got on there. That's number one got on there. All right. French Connection. Uh, do we want to do Baby Driver here since Yeah, sure. I'm cool with that. Or we have that in T2. Well, T2 is higher on my list than Baby Driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But my Baby Driver is f- uh, four on mine. Okay. And T2 There's is an- what on yours? What? Oh, eight, nine for the two right. of us? So, yeah, Baby Driver definitely then. Do you want to put T2 at six? Okay. Because it's eight, nine, or yeah. we can add something else. No, it's fine. All right. So now oh, we're at sure. six, so we've got four left. Is that correct? That was number six. So yeah, we got four left. Okay. What's your next highest? Uh, Death Proof at four. Death Proof is uh, Mission Impossible Five: Rogue Nation. The car chase scene there. You know, I had Ronan. I would personally rather flip Dark Knight into five. Do you want to? You can oh. have Rogue Nation there since you were uh, okay. I'll take Dark Knight instead. It's, okay, you know, list change. That's fine. Next. Uh, then my next one is the Hobbs and Shaw one with the helicopter. At what number? Six. All right. I'll finally flip a coin. <laughs> for the What's your five. six? What's your six? Is now Ronan. Oh. No, 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 no. Don't flip. Put Ronan there. That makes right. sense. That makes sense because, like, you know, that, that, that thing, the helicopter thing, it's iconic in a certain way, but Ronan is, like, what a lot of lists put as, in their top ten, so... Okay. We'd be we'd be remiss there not is. to include it. There it well, is. We All are right. finished. All right, then uh, let's count this thing down. The top ten car chase scenes in movies. Yeah. At number ten, Ronin. At number nine, The Dark Knight. At number eight, Rogue Nation. At number seven, Death Proof. At number six, T two. At number five, Baby Driver. At number four, The French Connection. At number three, The Born Identity. And our number two spot is? The Matrix Reloaded. 
And our number one car chase scene in the movie is Mad Max Fury Road. Furiosa. That's a great name, dude. Furiosa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another thing he does. You know, oh, brought up Jumongas before. Yeah. Amartan Joe. Yeah. Toe Cutter. Toe Cutter. The Night Rider. Yeah, he's good at that. Really is. So strange. What is what's his face? What's the what's the uh I gotta know. What's the uh Mohawk dude's name? That I don't know. Lord Humongous is the only one I remember. So I know I've looked up Mohawk guy's name before, thanks to the internet, but I don't I don't recall what it is at this point. Wes W E Z Wes. I'll forget that. Played by the late, great Vernon Wells, who I think passed away either this year or last year. I think. Didn't he pass away? I thought he passed away. Maybe he's still alive. No, it was Hugh Keys, Hugh Keys Burns who passed away. The first, uh, Immortan Joe passed away. That's who passed away. Yeah. Yeah. He bad. was Toe Cutter. Yes. First movie, yeah. Um. Yeah, we just lost Ned Beatty, too. That's brutal. Dude, I know. I saw that. I mean, it's I posted- not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. He's an older guy. I posted that network monologue because you talk about it so much. I just have been. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. His idea that corporations are the new nations. So it's so stinking true. And it's more it's it rings more of truth today than it did in its era. That's how fucking true that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyway. (laughs) Could go off for 10 minutes on. Yeah, all that yeah. nonsense. And you, there is no you, point. You influenced me to put that one up because I've been watching that monologue over and over again over the last year. Yeah, yeah. I prefer that over that. I'm mad as hell. Oh yeah, a thousand percent preferred over a. I'm well, everybody likes hell. the mad as hell because it's just over the top, and then the people right. in the movie get into it. And it becomes like a cultural moment, but yeah. Ned Beatty's speech is disgustingly real. Yeah, agreed. Cool. That. Mm, that's a fun chime. <laughs> It keeps it chill. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, top 10 car chase scenes in a movie. Thank you all so much for listening or watching our show. You know, we're available on the podcast feed. If you only watch us on YouTube, but if you only listen to us, we're available to, uh, on podcast on a uh, YouTube, rather you see our pretty faces there on the YouTube channel, Matt, where can they follow us at everything we got going on, my man on Twitter? It's at top 10 show and on YouTube and Instagram, it is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. And please head over to uh, patreon.com yeah. forward slash the top 10. If you want to be part of uh, boss hog or join us on the live shows, get a shout out at the end of the month, uh, send in topics to topic thunder, uh, whatever the case may be, head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 uh, with the number 10. And right. um, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Um, please check out uh, Settle the Score or uh, Dropping Dimes if you're so inclined. And that is it for me this week. There you go. Yeah, and definitely definitely be a part of the Patreon now more than ever. You know, people are going back to work. You guys are going back into the offices. We've been providing you entertainment consistently, multiple shows every week to show you how dedicated we are to this fan base. Fan base. So please don't forget to share the show. Don't forget to tell people about the top 10. Share your favorite episodes with them to get them to have a flavor and a taste of what we do really well and get everybody back on board to our Patreon because we are kicking around. We certainly had a, a off camera or off mic conversation about the possibility of opening the door to live shows, but we've got to see the support come 
in at higher numbers at this point uh, for us to go out on the road to do these live shows. So please, we need your help to encourage people to come aboard the Top 10 train, become fans, and become patrons more than anything else to support the show so we can keep it growing and get back there out on the road to do some live shows for you. So just a little uh, piece of my two cents there about it all. So please keep that in mind as you go along in your day and in your life and you yes, hear sir. somebody you know talk about movies. Yep. Uh, but you can follow me at the Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Please head on over to my YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com slash John Roca Says. Trying to get over 17,000 subscribers. Marching towards 20,000. Also, don't forget Cinephiles, the Geek Buddies, and all the things uh, I do over there. So that's it for us. Uh, much love to everybody. And we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of the Top 10. Ooh.